0: Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir.
1: I'm Erin Weir and this is a teen drama retrospective.
0: Yes, we are looking back upon season 4 of Riverdale which has recently concluded, once again a little bit shorter, but we got we got we got a good chunk of the rest of it.
1: Yeah, and you know in the grand scheme of things, it turned out okay. It was if that had been their planned season ending, I would have been like, hmm. Yeah. This is a River Daily choice. <laughs> yeah. Honestly,
0: if they did, if <laughs> they'd just been like, no, this is what we're doing, I'd be like, yeah, no, this is still, still seems fine. The, the, when, when I was looking back on the season and I was trying to think of like the best way to sort of sum it up for at least me, it was really scatterbrained.
1: There are so many things. Cause, so what so I many- did in <laughs> yeah. preparation for this is I watched the first four to five episodes. Yeah. Um, just remind me of where we came from because I kind of remember where we were. Yeah. I will say, Riverdale oddly holds up on the rewatch. Holds up
0: against what?
1: I'll tell you why it holds up. Yeah. It's an enjoyable rewatch.
0: Oh, because you're learning new things.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're learning new things. You're like, oh, I forgot that happened. And you get to focus on some of the little good things.
0: <laughs> now, to be right, that's the same thing that I have, which is, oh, I forgot that happened because, once again, there's just... So, so much that happens. And I I hear you out there. We talk about the OC. The OC has a lot of things that happen, but the OC is very much constrained to episode. Like, this episode's about this. And there's, mm-hmm. not, there's never too much happening at one time, I feel like.
1: And they, yes, you're right. There's, like, a driving storyline that kind of brings in all of the characters. Or if, like, Ryan has a storyline where storyline mm-hmm. things are happening, then Summer and Seth's Stuff will be like small banter and conflicts, and and
0: it all feels interconnected. And like, even when they're not all dealing with like the different stuff, like, even though even when they're not dealing with the same things, all their stuff feels similar. It all feels like in the same world. There's in the beginning of Riverdale of this season, there's two characters who don't interact. With any other characters.
1: Cheryl throws that party in essentially what is the season premiere. Yep. Let's be real. She throws yep. that party and then she never returns to school until she has a Viking funeral for her brother's corpse.
0: And then she goes back and then it gets really uppity that, so- that they hired someone else to be in charge of the Vixens because she wasn't there for half the year.
1: And she tells the Vixens, I've never betrayed I've you, nev-
0: I've never left you. <laughs> Except for the
1: twice that I have,
0: yeah. Except for all the times I have.
1: (laughs) Now I have more fuel to the fire of why Mr. Honey sucks.
0: Okay, I mean, well, let's (laughs) let's be clear about Mr. Honey. He definitely (laughs) sucks. He definitely sucks. There. Man, just, you, the character is complex, but not in the way I think they intended him to be.
1: Do you remember early in the season where Mr. Honey, teacher for the principal for the students, the yeah. man who wants to have the most successful students ever and has helped them more than any principal ever has, yeah. tells Veronica that because her life is dramatic, she should drop out of school until her parents go to jail.
0: Yeah, I remember that. I remember her saying that maybe you should take a... Maybe, a
1: sabbatical. Maybe you should
0: take a sabbatical.
1: Like... The man for the people, man who's trying to make his students the most successful ever. Veronica, you should drop out of school because your life is vaguely challenging.
0: Like I, I think the way you could take that is that maybe he was subtly, he was also subtly saying like you can catch up. But considering how other people, he's like you cannot catch up. It really did feel like he's like no, no, just, just don't go to school. You'll graduate next year.
1: Also, one of the first things he does. Other than telling our heroes to get out of his face, which is not appropriate for a principal to ever say, <laughs> is he cancels the back to school dance because at the last dance, too many children were murdered. I mean, <laughs> you're, which is you're about here's the one thing
0: I'm going to say about Mr. <laughs> Honey. In certain cases, he's wildly accurate about being like, hey, every single time we have some sort of event, something. Some catastrophe happens.
1: Well, I remember when we were talking about why he was canceling prom and why he wouldn't say last prom students were murdered. Yeah. I <laughs> guess it's because he already tried to use that argument on the back-to-school <laughs> he, dance he and already, didn't hold water.
0: <laughs> he already used the argument. <laughs> now, and now,
1: to be fair, Cheryl did put a beehive in his office. So, I mean, he has reason to have a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. But not against everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's – I mean <laughs> – that's sort of the thing about about Mr. Honey is that it felt like, it felt like that whole oh actually he's the best teacher of all time was really unmotivated. But the times where they were like oh he's the worst teacher was also unmotivated.
1: Yeah, he was just an oddly strict principal who said some wildly out of character things sometimes, like <laughs> get out of my face and you should take a sabbatical. Yeah,
0: the, th- the thing about Mr. Honey is that like so. Me and Aaron have said repeatedly that a character can't really act out of character because if someone's writing them...
1: They get to choose they, who they, the character is. Yeah, it
0: just becomes another facet into the character. Now, we have mentioned also at times where that rule is broken. That's all rules are broken. Mr. Honey somehow is consistently out of character. Because
1: <laughs> Mr. Honey doesn't have a character.
0: It, he doesn't. He At any point in time, Mr. Honey is just like a a stand-in for whatever he needs to be in that moment.
1: Now, I have decided that poor Mr. Honey is a poor boy who grew up in that footloose town and he dreamed to dance, but they were not allowed to dance. And then finally they got to have a dance and it wasn't that fun because he didn't know how. How did everyone else know how to do these complicated dance moves?
0: Then a lot of people were murdered.
1: And since then, he's had a vendetta <laughs> against dances.
0: I will also say all the things, like when, when Miss Bell comes in, it goes, he's like here's all the things that he's good at. I'm like... I was thinking back on that. I'm like, you know what? He probably did achieve all those things because it's really easy to raise the average GPA of your school if you kick out all those stupid kids.
1: Accurate.
0: Underperforming kids. I was using underperforming kids. (laughs)
1: Do you remember when Riverdale High was supposed to be the good school? And then suddenly when they introduced Stonewall Prep, we got to see one of their English classes and it was not a good
0: school. (laughs) It's... And we still don't fully know where where Stonewall Prep is. I think in a city called Stonewall.
1: It was very prestigious. In the first time we saw it, we learned that there were tons of teachers. We saw tons of students. All of these people disappeared.
0: <laughs> I I I think did I say this on the on episode last time where like I think they're just running out of money. So oh, they have, so they have to like they they really have to pull back on their extras
1: consistency. Yeah, which also
0: might be why they killed Jonathan off screen. <laughs> cuz they realize they don't need Jonathan.
1: So, remember how we lamented that we didn't know any of the characters' names? Yeah. They were introduced in the first seminar. I mean, it just meant nothing to us, <laughs> and then they never said their names again.
0: Oh, at that time we weren't clear that they were main characters.
1: That's true.
0: And they really are the Power Rangers.
1: <laughs> also true.
0: <laughs> no, there so much happened this this season. Like of the plot lines there's I mean, remember, we began with the cult still being a thing.
1: We sure did. And poor Kevin and Betty, not friends. Because Kevin, at the end <laughs> of previous season, while well, being brainwashed and kid kidney list like yeah. let's be fair did drag her by her heels to get a lobotomy
0: yeah fangs came back from that easier than kevin did
1: well i was wondering if maybe that's why kevin was always running into rooms and announcing things he's just trying to like win his way <laughs> back into the main character's him. graces
0: well i mean he's really getting Josied now where we're where, where like
1: kevin we're like
0: they don't know what to do with him so they gave him uh they gave him a essentially an episode where he gets to be really angry that he's not He's not allowed to do Hedwig and the Angry Inch.
1: And they gave him his tickling storyline. Yeah. Which, I'm going to be controversial for a second. I don't like the way that they treat Kevin. <laughs> they treat Kevin as a bundle of stereotypes as opposed to a real character. And for a show that's supposed to be progressive yeah. and supposed to like... And I think it, I think they j- genuinely think they are give Kevin a real storyline that has nothing to do with him being gay.
0: They do. They do. Consist like he 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 got the whole cruising storyline. He gets the the tick the, the tickling one, which they consistently say is not sexual, but is definitely sexual. <laughs>
1: Like, why can't he have a storyline where he's going on an adventure and solving a mystery? Okay, I guess sometimes he sort of gets to solve mysteries with Betty. Why can't he have stage fright? Why can't he run a business? The fact that he
0: he like he really got into the cult because
1: <laughs> because no one really accepted him. Well,
0: no, I mean he got in. He got into the cult. What, was it him or Fangs that got into the cult because they seduced the other?
1: Did he get pulled
0: in because of Fangs or did Fangs pulled in because of him?
1: I think Fang seduced him in during the musical episode. But but he
0: couldn't just want to be in the cult. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: He could have just wanted to be in a cult.
1: And you know what? Kids are easy to get sucked into cults because kids are trying to figure out who they are. And a cult gives them meaning.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. That cult. Man, the ending to that cult is still so disappointing.
1: Well, let's. Let's uh, pull back the curtain for our audience. We have chosen to um, sort of vaguely organize this episode in a series of our top four worst the, and the, top four best.
0: The way we're doing that, moments. though, is that we each have picked two. So it's in no order. It's so whatever order they come up in the conversation.
1: So I've got the first one. All right.
0: So your first worst.
1: My first worst scene was Edgar building a G.D. rocket. It's just so... Out of character. I, yes! He was never that type of cult. He seemed like a smart... And I, I get it. Lots of cult leaders are very smart, and then they lose their marbles. This
0: entire point is supposed to be charismatic. But, but he, he felt- was
1: harvesting organs... And like manip- manipulating political leaders and
0: Yeah, the problem the problem is that it went from So
1: why did he devolve into building a <laughs> rocket?
0: <laughs> it went from this is this is this cult is mysterious and dark and you know who knows what they got going on. Maybe it's pseudo magical. Maybe it's pseudo has to do with um uh with gar with I almost called Dungeons and Dragons with uh go-
1: <laughs> Griffins and Gargoyles. Griffins
0: and gargoyles. Uh one of those is not a place. It should have been called Graves and Gargoyles.
1: <laughs> it should have been. Um,
0: yeah, so the maybe something to do with that. And then reveals... Oh, they're harvesting organs for money. And that was a little bit like... Yeah, but I mean... But yeah, like, that's dark.
1: Very creepy. I, I
0: remember at the time I was also kind of disappointed and that was the reveal of it. That they were...
1: I kind of liked it because it was nothing I ever could have imagined.
0: Because I was sort of hoping that... I was hoping that the... This is the kind of reveals I like. I like, the, like where... What they want, we kind of understand all the way through. He wants to have a flock and a congregation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of was really hoping that he would remain to be a true believer, which I guess he kind of did.
1: I mean, he started quoting scripture at the end. Yeah. But they were never a scriptury cult either. Like, they weren't religious. They were spiritual.
0: Yeah. um, And then... uh, So, then, yeah, even at the time, I was a little bit disappointed in that reveal. But, I mean, that's and I'm like okay fine it's actually a money making cult it is a, mm-hmm. and they're doing it in a way of stealing people's organs fine you know what that's the way we want to do it it's cool and then there was this then it like it like it went back but way too hard into crazy cult
1: I just what um what Roberto should have read instead of I guess what he read was like the Jonestown Suicides. <sighs> yeah, he it's... should have read about. He should have read Tara Westover's educated book because her parents. Yeah. Are very very like fundamentalists. Kept yeah. them out of school, and then her dad ended up being uh, caught in an explosion, mm-hmm. and they would not go for medical assistance. Yeah. And so he um he was healed quotation mm-hmm. marks by his wife and like her sisters and the wives of his sons using essential oils and like somehow he managed on surviving. He's obviously very um, mutilated by his burns. Like definitely, but he's living and he has like, they live on a compound. They have committed followers and they have a massive essential oils business. Um, because of his charisma and because of his amazing story, and so you could have gone a very interesting well, route. Well, I mean, as, as with something you said, like that, as, as you said,
0: he he went for the most popular, famous call, which is the like, oh, there's an alien spaceship, so we're yeah. all going to kill ourselves. So I guess it was our-
1: Waco that was in Jonestown, but you know, um, Waco, Waco, yeah,
0: <laughs> Waco. Um, <laughs> well, but but uh, but I mean, but that is the one we see over and over again: is the cult of oh, these people are insane, and they and they're all going to kill themselves at the end. There are there are way more than you would expect stories of just little tiny cults that are just, like, a, a couple families that are almost... And the, the reason they give away things is because they are cults that are almost banal in their mm-hmm. insidiousness, where, like, they're, they're cults of just sex slaves and uh, maybe maybe harvesting organs, but but the actual beliefs of the people up top aren't, like... Oh, and then we're going to do a rocket ship. We're going to fly vr. a rocket ship. They're just like, no, I'm this because I have. I get so much power. This is this is a thing where I have power over all these people, and I enjoy that, and I want to keep that going. And you, the reason they get so heightened is because once they start to fail,
1: that they just dig deep.
0: Then the escalation becomes militant. But it should not. and so it, the the cult becoming militant. I was like, totally that, fine. That's fine. That's fine. when it pivoted to all along he wanted to build a rocket i'm like no he didn't
1: and he also didn't want to kill all of his followers like the whole thing where it's like oh as a distraction evelyn's going to drive (laughs) all of them off of the cliff on a bus and they also needed passports like that was
0: well and and also we it's been revealed before that he's traveled the country doing this what stopped them now to turn into rockets
1: well, exactly. And um, also, why were they putting trigger words inside people's minds to kill <laughs> Betty? I, uh,
0: why? Uh, well, I, I can't believe that was a thing they decided to add in was, and also, they were all hypnotized to be sleeper agents to kill Betty?
1: I don't understand why every villain, every villain on this <laughs> show becomes obsessed with Betty Cooper.
0: And and you know what? Hal makes sense.
1: Yeah, he's her dad. Yeah,
0: some of them, some of them make sense. But the but this cult, all of a sudden, like I guess she was the one who was the most interested in them for a while. But
1: but the, like, there's no way other people haven't investigated them in the past. Yeah, the
0: limit of obsession they got into, where it's like, oh, even if we're even if we die, oh, we've we've installed <laughs> these psychic triggers. And you know, and one into the, I mean here's the thing, the tangerine one in Betty does actually exist though it's off now that wasn't a lie the second word the
1: second word was a was lie. a lie you know what they could have done they could have given Kevin the trigger word which would have given him a storyline that wasn't about him being gay
0: yeah and he could have been he and you know what this is this is wildly way too dramatic for um for for anything <laughs> but it seems really line with Riverdale definitely have Kevin be like, "But Betty, you're my best friend, but I'm also aware that I have a trigger in my head that will kill you." That's just that's just aching for some like heightened over-the-top Riverdale drama. And we would laugh at it. Yep. <laughs> don't get me wrong cuz it comes off the basis of, of
1: a cult putting trigger words in the cult <laughs> members to go after one girl. After
0: one girl they really don't like. <sighs> it, Man. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> Let's go through some of the other uh, uh, – actually, you know what? Because you mentioned one of your worst ones, maybe we should do one of my worst ones. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. One of my worst ones, uh, because we kind of already went through it in our – going through the episodes. And it is not just one scene. It's a lot of things. It is the entire what I have called Cheryl and Tony's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. The the entire thing with her brother, and then the family comes, and they don't interact with another human being outside of that house for – Eight or nine episodes,
1: and the way that Cheryl is written, yeah, is in the world around Cheryl is written is that we're supposed to be on her side,
0: and but but that entire time she does horrible she, things. Yeah, she she is incredibly cruel to Tony. She essentially chooses her okay. dead brother's corpse over Tony, and then Tony just like. Rolls her eyes like a '90s sitcom.
1: When Tony discovers the corpse, and then the next episode, yeah. not even the same episode, she goes, "Okay, Cheryl, it's time to get ready, rid of the body." <laughs>
0: oh, it's it's a wacky it's a series of events. And then when she when Cheryl gaslights her with a with doll, a doll
1: she's it's, just like, "Okay, well, I guess
0: we can keep it." And then the doll stays around because also her mom is doing it. The the. The Tony has become has so incredibly been neutered.
1: Tony was a smart, politically active investigator when we first met her in season two, and
0: now she's Tony's girlfriend, or so now she's Cheryl's girlfriend. Who, who they they who is caught like like there's never any tension in their relationship. They're just always. They're always they're always so like, you know, in love with each other and nothing can ever break it, I guess, which is not exciting. Even um even like even the whole what do you call it, uh Nick St. Clair coming along for one episode to get clowned on. Set up like it should have been, Tony and Cheryl had some had some friction, and that was that was Tony being like, "Look, Cheryl, I do care for you." I, I clowned on that dude guy. again. I clowned on that rapist.
1: Or the episode where Hermosa decides to try to infiltrate the Maple Club, and it also <laughs> plays like, "Oh, is there going to be some conflict between Cheryl and Tony?" No, they knew it was Hermosa all along. Yeah, there's, and
0: and going on going back to the the, the bizarre adventure thing, it, it was just Cheryl consistently winning. And just, like, winning in everything she was doing and getting her way every single time and never really having to struggle. Even the whole thing was, like, her family came and then they killed her uncle.
1: And then they just tricked her family into going away by making, making them, think them think that, that, that they, they ate, ate her the uncle. uncle. And we're
0: all like, ha, ha, ha. oh, Cheryl, what a wacky family you have.
1: Oh, we didn't do a sociopathic thing at all. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, th- and then... This is this isn't really that this is outside of my my worst of thing. But are they trying to redeem Penelope Blossom?
1: I mean, Cheryl was very concerned about (laughs) Penelope when those the nineteenth clan of hillbillies. Yeah.
0: Just call them hillbillies, this is what they call them.
1: No, I wanted to say the nineteenth clan gang of bad dudes. It's
0: true we we because in this season we were introduced to them and also the, the dickinsons
1: <laughs> which is uh, absurd. The thing is Riverdale is supposed to be the town with spirit or hope or or whatever it is. Yeah. And the show was set up from the beginning that Riverdale is the perfect town, but there's a secret, seedy <laughs> darkness. No, this town only has darkness. There's no
0: good. Yeah, no. This. this They'll be like, oh, there's a darkness underneath. There's a darkness on top.
1: How are there so many gangs in it's this like, town? It's
0: like staring into the shadows. And when you step closer, it's just more shadows.
1: Like, there is an alley called Sketch Alley. <laughs>
0: love sketch that that sounds like a beta name that they never replaced
1: so this is not one of my best scenes this was like a runner-up contender but when archie rescues that woman and she pepper sprays him (laughs) oh amazing that was so good i love how long he talks
0: to her before she
1: pepper sprays him
0: think it they get a full conversation where it's—I mean, he's still wearing a mask, and it's scary. But he gets so many words out that makes it so clear he's not about to attack this woman. <laughs> if she pepper
1: sprays him. I was just like, yes, this is the content I need.
0: <laughs> oh yeah this this season also had vigilante
1: Archie's idealism getting stomped on. Yep,
0: and and the the <laughs> Dodger <laughs> and Fagin. <laughs>
1: Okay, so this brings me to one of my actual best scenes.
0: All right, I'll do a best scene.
1: One of my actual best scenes is from the Thanksgiving episode when um, the slow cooker or the the deep fryer, Archie doesn't know how to deep fry a turkey and it explodes and saves them from the Dickinson clan. (laughs) That was classic and amazing and like... That's the type of teen content I want to see. A teen trying to do a grown-up thing and goofing at it, but it actually ends up helping him. Yep. (laughs) That's a thing a kid would do. It's in character. It's realistic, like, for a heightened drama. That's what I want to see. More of that nonsense. (laughs) Which
0: just brings us to the uh, things that teens do. They gave everybody a business in this season. People
1: are (laughs) FBI agents. People are professional writers with book contracts. Some people own two businesses. (laughs) Archie and Veronica
0: And and Archie's struggling But Veronica can do it perfectly well Because
1: Veronica's a shoo-in for Harvard But she chose to go to Columbia instead Yeah
0: rah, 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 rah.
1: Freaking Veronica
0: Freaking Veronica This is a bad season for Veronica
1: Yeah, she's not likable When she's sitting in with her mother um, Like prepping for her mother to go to trial And she's mm-hmm. like, ugh, oh, I have so many things to do I have two papers due. do I can't sit here through while well, we're trying to strategize I had to keep my mom out of jail. I feel I feel like
0: if in that scene she had instead said I have to run Le Bon Nuit or I have to run any of her businesses, instead she says something that we never see her do.
1: No, she never does schoolwork, but somehow she is a shoe in for Harvard.
0: It's the like I, I, I don't know what they're trying to go for. It's like, oh, she's she's incredibly talented at pretty much every like she's she's, she's
1: effortless. She's
0: effortless and she's fun, which is not a fun thing to see a character as, by the way. Not a main character. No. Um so that's what they're trying they're trying to get off. But really but they almost like went too far by giving her so much that she's apparently like perfect at just makes me feel like no. No, <laughs> impossible.
1: And you know what? The people who are effortlessly successful Yeah are villains in teen TV shows. Yes. <laughs> Taylor Townstead. Yeah. Although we find out that Taylor Townstead is very effortful. <laughs>
0: and very incredibly effortful. Which
1: is why we love her. Yeah.
0: Veronica is set up, and I know some of that goes back to the comic that she is supposed to sort of be, you know, the rich spoiled girl, but she is really set up in the teen drama as the villain. There's no reason she should be heroic. But they keep on giving her such moral grandstanding, and I can't stand when Veronica does moral grandstanding.
1: I can't stand when Veronica goes to solve all of her problems by doing a song and dance. <laughs> this season started with her singing all that jazz from Chicago before doing a press conference.
0: Oh my God! Yeah, when she when she's like, "Hey, everybody, come to my club, and I'll do, <laughs> and I'll give you that that sweet interview you've been waiting for. But first, you have to watch me dance." <laughs> You just wonder, can you imagine this article being like, okay, these people are being brought up. One's being brought up on being part of the mafia. The other one's being brought up on also being part of the mafia. And but, trying
1: to kill the first one. Trying to
0: kill the first one. They're both going on trial. Uh, we're having we we went to an interview with their daughter. But first, she <laughs> we we arrived in the cl- the the club she owns. It's unclear how much alcohol is being served here, but somewhere between zero and a lot. <laughs>
1: We had a drink. We don't know if it was a mocktail or if it was a cocktail. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unknowable.
0: It's greatly unclear. She keep, uh, keeps on saying it's a secret speakeasy that no one knows about. The The chief of police was in here. Uh, <laughs> and then she sang a song at us and then gave, it, gave a one-minute interview.
1: And the interview was, didn't you hear my song? I love my life.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to help either of them.
1: The song said it all. <laughs>
0: I'm not going to help either of them, but they get really... Oh, I forgot there was the entire thing where she was no longer going to be a Lodge.
1: Well, first she was going to be a Gomez, and then she decided to be a Luna instead. To mess
0: with her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: her dad was a Luna.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Also, we're just... I mean, we're just supposed to believe that in Riverdale, Hiram, because he owns the prison, can just sneak out... Like the FBI, the state prosecutor, no one was like, "Hey, he owns this prison. He should go to a different prison." And
0: and, and once again, I feel I feel like I have to do this way too much. We understand that it is a drama because this is the thing is this is what I get from a lot of people. Them being like, "Oh, it's just a stupid show." I'm like, "Yes." And we understand that someone sneaking out of prison is like, oh, that's that's to show he's so corrupt. Like, but it makes no sense. And you
1: know what? I how would, that is happening? I would be fine. Put him in a different prison and have him still sneak out. That makes him way scarier. Yeah.
0: Or or just have it be like they. No one knows he owns that prison.
1: Yeah. Like there's a. But
0: but you you said for an entire season that every human being in the damn world knows knows, he owns that prison. He owns that prison. He used to make drugs in that prison, and then he moved them because they were giving girls seizures. And the only way he could move them was by doing a quarantine.
1: And can we just say, now that we've lived in a quarantine... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, now that we've lived in a quarantine, I'm like, okay, yeah, I get why the show skipped over that. That was pretty boring. It'd just be a lot of people making bread and doing puzzles.
0: Yeah, but, no, but theirs was an illegal quarantine. An <laughs> That's ali- true. <laughs> theirs was an illegal fake quarantine that was set up by Penelope Blossom as being he's going to create a town where all of us can do our crime. Without any like having to worry about any police or anything, they wanted him to set up debt like um, Tombstone or
1: so. Maybe they to really- say
0: Deadwood, which is a fake town, but Tombstone's a real town.
1: Maybe they really thought that would happen, and then the quarantine happened, and everyone just stayed home and did puzzles and bread, and they were like, "Well, we can't do any crime." <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, why did we have that? <laughs> I would love if the, if we came back from the break and it's like, ah, uh, okay. so the quarantine happened. Apparently, a lot of people tried doing crime, but no one left their houses, so.
1: Because it was a quarantine.
0: I was so sure we were going to get Apocalypse King Hiram.
1: Uh, you know what? I would have actually loved that nonsense.
0: Well, like, there, there's two different kinds of things that make us, that make us shout. There's the ones that are legitimately like, come on. And the ones that would, are... Cheesy and enjoyable in their way. The problem is the show doesn't know how to do them.
1: So I have a question. Now that we're talking about this, is our problem when Riverdale takes nonsense and tries to ground it in reality? And we just want pure nonsense.
0: yeah. Like, you get one of the two. if, If they wanted to be hardcore, incredible cheese, like soap opera... Mm-hmm. boom go for it love it and then, at that point it is supposed to be ridiculous and we could still do the show
1: <laughs> yeah and we still have fun
0: <laughs> yeah um but if they want like, like like take take the oc the oc is really heavy drama there's a ca- there's some there's occasional silliness I don't think it ever hits cheese but like there's yeah. a, there's occasional like a little bit goofy usually in Seth storylines there's a little bit of like sitcom wackiness and uh, there's
1: nothing in the oc where I'm like why? Wow how how are these characters doing this I mean
0: I I will say the one thing we did give give the oc as really was um when it when Caleb died and he had no money yeah that was because <laughs> they spent all the time being like ah he is and they kept on saying there's one thing he's good at he's good at business but he's not good at business so he's good at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> It's the, <laughs> <everybody> <laughs> the same thing where it's like, hire him. If there's one thing Hiram's good at, it's business. He's not.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you why these shows do this. It's because these are writers and writers never have any money. So they don't know what being good at business is. I'm just imagining. And
0: yeah, you, you know what? For a lot of, lot of very wealthy people, it's about, it's about getting in massive amounts of debt and just never paying it off. But
1: <sighs> I mean, the other thing the OC did well is They made their characters' accomplishments, like, great for them. Yeah. But reasonable. Yeah. Like, some are getting into Brown. Reasonable.
0: And because we understood what she went through to get there, we are excited that that happened.
1: Or even the boys getting their comic book made. They did that in such a way, and the storyline took so long that it was kind of like... Yeah, you know what? Why wouldn't you guys have a successful comic book?
0: Yeah, in this one, every pro- everything
1: is just like papa handed to you.
0: Yeah, like yeah. even the, even the things that that they like they they do so much telling versus showing. They tell us these people deserve. They they tell us that um that uh, Veronica's a shoe in for Harvard. Well,
1: do you we've know who never should've... seen Veronica do schoolwork? Do you know
0: who should been a shoe in for Harvard? Betty. Yeah. But it's literally her character is that she is the she is the smart girl.
1: She works hard. She has extracurriculars. Like
0: if we want to go back to the source material, which I never want to go back to the source material. But if we go back to
1: the source material, who's the shoe in for Harvard? Betty. Betty.
0: Veronica is supposed to be she is she could buy her way into Harvard. But and I don't want to say that Betty that Veronica should be dumb <laughs> because that's also not great. But
1: why are they both geniuses?
0: Yeah. And and bet, the only reason Betty can is because you know her mother did legitimately give away all of her college funds, and she also was in a cult for a long time.
1: Do you remember when Archie had a secret college fund? <sighs> Molly Ringwald Andrews tells him about it, and she's like, "I didn't want to tell you about it because I thought you would spend it making your um, rec center."
0: Right. Oh well, I mean, this, the reason he's to the naval academy is not because he can't afford any college, it's because.
1: He wasn't going to go to college because he had no money. And then his mom was like, you have a college fund. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm a lawyer and your dad run a mostly successful construction business. Yeah. That you have run into the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah, but Art- <laughs> Archie would never ask anyone for anything.
1: No. I assume he gets a scholarship to the Naval Academy.
0: I No, he's doing there a boxing.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, boxing.
0: Yeah. Uh, because. Yeah, so you know everyone's like going off doing those things. I think maybe I should do my next, my best one because you did yeah. yours a while ago. Um, my my best one tends to be uh, some things that are a little bit smaller moments. But I want to say one of my best ones that genuinely I legitimately enjoyed was pretty much Jughead's like deciphering of the like the Baxter Brothers conspiracy mm-hmm. before the resolution. But like every, every all of the like him and Betty like figuring out these um these things. It was cool seeing this conspiracy come out and figure out like oh what's going what, what is it going to be it's a little bit soured by the end but
1: and um watching the earlier episodes it was really sweet to see jughead just fanboying all over chipping and the yep. baxter brothers and just being so you know it i am sad that stonewall is what it is because he was so so excited and it's
0: and it's also weird to me that he that he left that school and none of, like he apparently he was doing really really good at that school. What?
1: And then nothing transferred?
0: <laughs> he he did three because when they went to spring break he did three quarters of his senior year at that school and none of it counts.
1: you know, I'm not convinced that he ever actually officially transferred away from Riverdale High because you know <laughs> who handled his transfer. Betty? Yeah she said run run to Stonewall right now I'll take care of everything here so I think the problem is not that his credits at Stonewall didn't transfer it's that he was still registered in classes at Riverdale High oh. and he got zeros on everything because
0: Betty forgot Just because like how she, just a she child forgot.
1: cannot do that his dad this, has to do it
0: this season is wild with people doing things that they should not do like when Archie just brought Monroe to school and put him on the football team no consultation <laughs> with anything never mind the fact that monroe is a full adult
1: but that football coach the one grown because you know they did have a football coach for one episode <laughs> they did yeah that grown man was just excited to see another grown man <laughs>
0: what <laughs> it, it, it makes me as the football coach being like oh you're a full grown adult and <laughs> you can be on my football team then we're gonna f- get to uh finals which they did get this they did get to finals yeah. when monroe just vanished by the way. I
1: know. I was trying to remember because, so first of all, he and Reggie had their brief rivalry which set up the Monroe-Reggie paradox where the two could never be together <laughs> in the same episode. Yeah. And then he got his scholarship and broke his knee.
0: But, the, but, but didn't he, he ended up getting, no, no, he hurt his knee but he's still going to Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I said that if they took that away from him, I would burn the, did he just leave out. immediately? Well, he was a grown man. <laughs> he was
0: a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> he literally went to high school so that scouts could be like. That's a grown man.
1: Now, we did see um, Monroe's grandma Yes, in an episode after that because she watches the Community Center while Archie's at school. <laughs> Although I think now ex-Sheriff Keller does it.
0: That would make sense. Man, he needs a job.
1: So um, I think he's paid. For that? For that.
0: <laughs> not for.
1: He was not paid to work at the construction company. I am. I don't think.
0: I still can't get over Archie. not selling telling that guy's like no I have to do it for my dad your dad would tell you your dad being a ghost would be like Arch no you can't (laughs)
1: Archie, you're a child. I don't want you to run my construction company. Well, I want you to be a child. Well,
0: we, so we read the pilot for the first. We sort of refreshed some things about it. Mm-hmm. But he says to his son, I want you to go to college to get a business degree. Then you can come back and run the business.
1: He would absolutely <laughs> not allow Archie to run his business.
0: No. This... Th- there's... Arch, Archie Archie... Uh, at least Archie is going to uh, college. But for Archie to... And this show to imply the opposite of what um, his father had been telling him for years. Like, no, I- he wants me to stay here, and
1: it's like they're gaslighting us. It's like they want us to genuinely believe that Art, because no one gives Archie an, an opposing point of view. Yeah. So I think we're supposed to believe what Archie says. But I remember Luke Perry Andrews, and he would not support these choices. Nope,
0: nope. First episode set up that he wants him to go to college. He doesn't care if he goes to college, on because like, football gets him to college, and college gets him a business degree. And yes, Archie and there, I mean, actually the entire first season, Archie being like, I don't want to follow in my dad's footsteps. I don't, don't
1: want to stay in Riverdale and work at the construction company. There,
0: there is a line in the in the pilot where Archie, where like... <laughs> <laughs> essentially, um, Luke Perry Andrews is uh, telling him that, hey, um, you know, you'll run the business. And Archie goes, oh, yeah, like, that'll ever happen. And I'm like, oh, man.
1: Oh, you don't know, <laughs> you poor sweet boy.
0: And, you know, some of it was sort of uh, voice on him. But the fact that, like, we're supposed to be – it's while the show wants us consistently be like, yeah, these 18-year-olds are so good at running these businesses.
1: You know what? I ran a very – it was barely a business. But when I was a teenager, my friend and I started a theater troupe. I mm-hmm. wouldn't call this a company because we were kids and we didn't know how to run a company. We started like yeah. a theater troupe. We put on a couple of plays. It was extremely hard and it took like a lot away from –
0: Well, mostly because it's not, it's not like their age or anything like that. It's specifically that it treats it like running these businesses is just a fun side thing they can do. Archie runs a community center and a construction site – uh, Veronica runs Le Bon Nuit, and apparently Pop Tate's is a separate thing from Le Bon Nuit, and also she has that weird maple brothel.
1: Now, luckily, I think Pop Tate's actually Pop Tate's. She just owns it. I agree, but
0: <laughs> and. And you know what? If they also, like, show that she was literally hiring other people to do all the work...
1: Then that would show us that she's a good business person.
0: <laughs> but instead, it really, really is that that Veronica does... Ev- she even performs at Le Bon Nuit.
1: Well, and how often is she wearing a waitressing outfit from Pop Tate's? Yeah, like... like she's waitressing there all the time.
0: Like, and, and if it is revealed that actually <laughs> she does very little at all those places, and she is just vapid enough to not realize all the work other people are doing that is fine but instead it's it's straight on shown to us that she is she is, she is so good at business she doesn't have to do any work and you know what? which undermines all the people who work really really hard on their businesses
1: yeah and i would be fine if it was all delegation and her just being like really good with money really good at finding the right people mm-hmm. and really good at like building the business Because that's all kind of stuff that you could do somewhat instinctively, I guess. I I don't know. I I would believe that more than she's – I don't know what she's doing.
0: All right. Do you want to go into your second worst?
1: My second worst scene is related to Veronica. (laughs) Veronica full-on sets a serial killer on fire (laughs) and then leaves.
0: (laughs) And then she moral sets everybody
1: throughout the entire
0: I think I think it, I think it just shows shows um, like how deep in like in Riverdale how much they don't think about things that, that that like that is that is just a thing that she like that doesn't have any consequences but everything else does
1: well, I mean that man would have burned to death in Le Bon nuit and we have the thing where they find the shady man's body. But yeah. no one is ever going to find a serial killer that she burned in her bar. And I said,
0: we're supposed to, it's supposed to be like, oh, but it was a serial killer. Who cares? I'm like, the, the shady guy was still was the, also. The shady funny.
1: guy was shady.
0: <laughs> it just proves that Betty has consequences. Veronica doesn't. And
1: Betty's consequences are going to be over the top and long arching and wreck her life. Even,
0: even when Veronica and Archie talk about the fact that um, <laughs> she lit a man on fire, he's just like, Wow, that's crazy.
1: I'm sorry I couldn't be there for you.
0: <laughs> Which could have fed into his... I can't remember what his story in the episode was. But remember, I said something along the lines like he had his own story that... He
1: and Monroe were all dressed up and dealing with Dodger.
0: Right, right. How her being... Like, that could have fed into his story of, like, oh, this town is dangerous.
1: Mm-hmm. But no.
0: But no, instead, instead, it's very much like the whole Cheryl thing where Veronica just does a thing... Succeeds at it, doesn't struggle at all because
1: Veronica is fun and strong and has a will. And poor Betty second guesses things.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Betty <laughs> Veronica lights people on fire and then doesn't think about it again. Betty thinks she might have killed her <laughs> killed her um her boyfriend, and everyone is like, "Oh, Betty, why are you?" Just- you just keep keep on thinking about it
1: or they're like well Betty we don't trust you of course you would have killed your boyfriend you were gonna do this eventually
0: Veronica legitimately set a man on fire and, and Betty should feel bad about that
1: now related to that episode that's also the episode where we find out that Charles has bugged Betty's phone and is listening to all of her phone calls, and that's something that <laughs> oh yeah never came Dude, up again.
0: I, I have to imagine. I have to imagine these final three episodes of this season were going to be Charles and Chick.
1: The thing is, Charles was creepy then, and then he was creepy in that one scene where he met him with Chick.
0: But then he's perfectly he has normal.
1: Subsequently, <laughs> been normal and helpful. Yeah,
0: he's been so normal, but because we know those things, it's actively ruined those scenes. Because like, we just
1: look at them, going, "Well, what what is he doing?"
0: Yeah, like like. Well, maybe those last three episodes were going to be, the, but even that was too long. Chick was like ep, was like episode eight or something. Like I can't. Remember, I, I I wrote down where. Oh yeah, no six was when it was Ch- Chicken Charles was revealed to us. Six. Four four was, was Halloween. Was when, yeah, four was him tapping her. So episode six was the last hint we got that Charles is creepy with Chick, and then it's been thirteen episodes. Of nothing, even if it did come in in the final episode of being like, oh, now here's the reveal of all that. That's too far apart.
1: And yes, Charles is an overly cautious FBI agent. Sometimes he does not pursue leads when he should, and he's very bad at investigating. But the
0: problem is, it, or, or or is he is corrupt? He,
1: who knows? they <laughs> are not giving us enough show, and
0: it just ruins every scene with him it's
1: you think about a show like chuck yeah where again there's fbi agents and there's intrigue and when someone is bad and they're doing suspicious stuff you see little kernels of that in every single episode so it builds and so we're invested
0: this one they just showed us oh he could be up to something and then him doing stuff that we can't tell if it's
1: because the show is so bad at showing us People like it doesn't seem to understand how humans do their jobs, <laughs> and it's, so sometimes they'll show us someone being very, very bad at their job, but they're actually not bad at their job. That's just... just how
0: the how the show thing. I it feels like like they just need to do some more research into things. I I'm a writer. I research so much, and there's some things I purposely ignore. For plot reasons.
1: And that's fine, but this is always.
0: Yeah, and to the point where it's a detriment because you can't tell if the if it's being ignored for a plot reason. Like, I, I always say, with, this, isn't, this isn't jobs, but I always say the one thing I will, I will always let TV shows get away with is silencers actually silencing a gun. Yeah. Because I know that's not how it works, but man doesn't make movies more interesting
1: well like when they did the devil's breath and yep. you, you did research and you're like oh no it's a real thing and there's a real urban myth about it yeah i was totally fine with them using the urban myth yeah yeah yeah
0: <laughs> i still i still definitely imagine donna would have knocked herself as, out as well
1: which would have been just putting up to
0: her face and blowing uh, uh, I think jonathan's dead
1: so kevin what's your other worst Moment scene. We
0: mentioned it a little bit, and it weirdly enough does also carry along with the Cheryl thing. I guess I just also did not like Cheryl this season. Accurate. Um, and that was Hermosa's cover undercoverness in that. Oh. Cool. There's so much there, and that's bad because it, there's so many layers to it. It's number one. It's clearly her. <laughs> yep. It's so obviously her.
1: Although I. S- Start to second guess myself and be like, do I remember what hermosa looks I like? I was trying to
0: figure out, like, am I just being racist? Do I think all Latin women look the same? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's just because it's she's introduced undercover. So, when she's undercover again, we can, it's, it's like when you watch um, I, any show with spies in it and they go undercover, you can recognize them because you're used to seeing them.
1: This show. Hermosa is also a person with two jobs. She is actually a private <laughs> investigator, and she runs all the Miami clubs.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, she's also a full grown adult.
1: Oh, I forgot this season is when the rum thing started.
0: Yeah, that's the rum Friggin thing. Rum. Anyway, um, so she, so it's clearly her, but but the the show portrays it in the way that we as an audience should be shocked when it's Hermosa. I feel like it
1: takes way way too long.
0: For it to reveal it to Hermosa. But yeah. I feel like we should. I think I said this in the episode we recorded. It should have started with her going undercover, and we should have thought she was tricking. We should have seen it from her perspective. She should have been the point of view. Instead. Cheryl was the point no, of view. No, Tony was. No, We
1: were the point of view. Oh, I, I don't think any view. character is the point of view in this. Um,
0: and then, then the whole, like, weird Cheryl and Tony seducing Hermosa who is a full grown adult and by the and by this shows um uh I guess standards,
1: standards, standards adult. a MILF. <laughs> yeah well because you know twenty two year old miss Grundy is do, a we, MILF.
0: do we mention that in the in the uh in the last thing in the pilot during the it clarifies things for us it clarifies um that miss Grundy is twenty two years old and but is referred to not well she's not referred to but they're discussing Reggie's doing his whole like yeah you sleep with a milf a milf and it says a 22 year old woman
1: walks in
0: Reggie could have not used the word milf he could have just said uh, like you know a lady of the house or <laughs> I don't know like to say but
1: the thing is this show is so pace plays so fast and loose with ages until they become very specific <laughs> with ages yeah and hermosa I think, has to be a good 10 years older than Veronica, which means she is 10 years older than Cheryl and Tony, which is fine when you're (laughs) an adult, but not fine when you're 18. Yeah,
0: (laughs) what I've said before, I'll say it again. If you have to say, well, I guess they're 18, it's already a bad situation.
1: so it was not sexy to watch it was just upsetting
0: wildly uncomfortable and then they did the reveal uh, that we already knew where Veronica's like huh hermosa it's you and it's like yeah cool
1: Thanks. Speaking of things being uncomfortable, I want to give a runner-up worst moment, and yeah. we don't need to, like, delve into this because I got so loud about <laughs> it when the episode went up. Yeah. But when Hiram forces himself upon Hermione when they both get out of jail, and then they're just together. <laughs> so uncomfortable. It was so you, uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: you want to tell what I told you before we started recording and what I did?
1: So we both <laughs> made more than... <laughs>
0: No, I that was one of mine. I wrote down, remember, I wrote... Oh, that
1: Aaron's going to do this. <laughs> I,
0: we we had said that we were in down our best and worst, and I told you I wrote down one of Aaron's worst, because I knew I wasn't going to take it, because one of yours, um, which was Hiram sedu- seducing uh, Hermione. He's not
1: seducing. <laughs> when people say no over and over, you have to back off. I'm not on board with this.
0: Like, Well, the, the, the thing of, I find is that that scene, that scene was a Spanish soap opera.
1: Yeah, But because
0: nothing around it was, and it wasn't shot as that, it just came off as super rapey.
1: <sighs> oh, can we talk about how this season we're supposed to, I guess, be back on Hiram's side because the- he's sick? I
0: mean, I'll say that they, it you was know weird to me when we do have to get to our best. But so they did the whole thing where Hiram was weak and then he killed the um, uh, the Moonshiners.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh. They that scene is shot like it's supposed to be like oh my god he is bad I'm like we know you you re- you quote unquote redeemed him for two episodes by making him sick
1: we've had four seasons well three seasons because he wasn't in season one yeah but we've had four seasons seasons of Hiram being bad we've, we know he's bad we've had no implication he
0: wouldn't shoot that guy he just got beaten up
1: <laughs> like the reason he didn't do the shoot was because his hand shook.
0: <laughs> like it, 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 you didn't redeem him enough that this fall <laughs> should be an unredemption. It's just, it just continues on the line of Hiram. <laughs> it's h- hilarious. Once again, it tricks Veronica, Veronica, and that could be a thing. Veronica wants her dad to be good so bad that every little good thing he does tricks her immediately, and that should be a thing. <laughs>
1: They never delve into characters' storylines enough, and the storylines they delve into are weird ones. And it makes you feel like they have too many characters and they can't go deep on anyone.
0: They had more characters in the pilot script we read. Yeah, they don't have
1: any more characters than, like, any other TV show. There were two
0: coaches. Kevin's dad was... uh was homophobic and drunk, and his mom was still around. There
1: was also a detective.
0: Detective Sam Hill, who in that entire... finally just walked around and stared at things.
1: Molly Ringwald Andrews was still in the picture.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's not clear if that was the actress. It could have been blank, blank Andrews.
1: <laughs> it's true. All right. So let's get to best scenes, and I'll yep. start... Or best moments, best things. And I'll start first, because this kind of connects to what we were talking about. My last best moment mm-hmm. is a redemption arc. And that redemption, I mean, this character was redeemed prior to this season, but one of my best moments is how F.P. Jones is consistently so thrilled and supportive of Jughead having all the opportunities that he <laughs> didn't get to have.
0: Yeah. F.P. didn't really have any storylines. Th- this I mean, he had the big storyline, but nothing other than that. But every single time Jughead would make a success, he would be such... He's really, he's, really, he's really picking up the, the Luke Perry Andrew slack.
1: Like, when Jughead doesn't want to go to Stonewall, and he's like, no, Jughead, you need to have good opportunities in life, boy.
0: Yeah, when he learns he's going to get into Yale. Like.
1: When he graduates high
0: school. Well, and, and like, the, the thing is, and this should not be the thing I have to say, but in Riverdale you do. Because he's so amazingly supportive of his son, his entire arc while Jughead is supposedly dead... You feel that that much more, I and mean, yes, of course, he's a father and his son. But this is the weird thing about fiction or about writing—you can't take that for granted. And just be like, well, of course it'll be sad. It's his son.
1: Well, and especially knowing, like in season one, he taunted Jughead for <laughs> destroying his place to live, yeah. and you know he. People are always like, oh, why is an alcoholic having a drink? I don't think he was an alcoholic. I think he was just coping any way he could. Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't think it was ever – I
1: forgot the sense that he was an alcoholic. He was just drinking too much. Yeah. Which yeah. are different – which well, are different well, things. And,
0: and, and also – this is one one of the things. Some The show doesn't really show it as a problem – um, which I'm fine with because sometimes... Sometimes eh, it's not. Sometimes and it, it not. was
1: a problem and he's come back from it. But knowing where FP and Jughead were in the first season mm-hmm. to where they are now, and you think about in season two where they were at odds because FP wanted to be good and Jughead wanted to be in a gang. Yeah. And this just... like FP is a character who is consistently... In character, yeah. Even when he does wildly different things, <laughs> well,
0: even even though he uh, has that whole thing where it's like, "Can is there any rule saying you can't be a sheriff and a serpent?" And I will agree with you. No, there isn't one because serpents are not a gang,
1: so it's fine. <laughs> there,
0: there are two serpents: There's the gang serpents and the club serpents, and boy, do they fight with each other.
1: <laughs> so yes, FP's existence this season uh, was one of my best moments it's pretty good yeah kevin what about you
0: i decided to um, pick this isn't this is a uh, smaller moment but it was one that we were kind of dreading might go badly but they actually did it well which was betty essentially turning down archie and her reasons for doing so being so so wildly realistic in a show that <laughs> maybe prides itself in being unrealistic with all these things she, she said something to him that it, that is that sh- could have been said in the O.C., that could have been said by, I don't know, any, any anybody with a brain, um, <laughs> an emotional crazy brain, of her, her just being like, hey, we're graduating, which is a plot line that comes up in wild bursts and gets overshadowed by everything else going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're scared, so we were gravitating towards things that, Make us feel safe, and we make each other feel safe because we've known. Because all of her all of our flashbacks could also be taken in a "we are such great friends" way. Exactly. So having her be like, "But this is not who we are." It, it was just it was so good. Like the lead up to it kind of sucked. We said this before. You know,
1: I was going to say actually, I um was not a proponent of the Barchie storyline. I thought it was going to be shoehorned in. I thought it was going to be fan service. Like, it really reeked of One Tree Hill vacillating back and forth with who Lucas was supposed to be with based on whether Cam... Chad Michael Murray was married to Sophia Bush or not, <laughs> which really that drove a lot of storylines in One Tree Hill, and I was really worried about that. But I mean, I loved Origin of Love. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like them kissing in that scene yeah. made sense on the heels of the fights. No. Now Jughead and Betty's fight was not well written. Yeah, um, but the stuff where they were pretending to be together nonsense. Well, y-
0: well the, the the fact that that was treated like, like, like so these two faked a relationship to better sell that Jughead was dead. And then all these people were like oh no, it's they're just clear like they refused to believe that they could have been tricked. So they're so they're like, no no they they had to have been in a relationship. It sort of reminded me <laughs> I I was I was doing something on the other podcast I was looking up, um creatures. There's this creature that I want to say Socrates which essentially is a goat stag. Right. I can't remember the the actual name he came up for it, but he proposed it as, like, a goat stag is a thing that you can describe that seems reasonable but does not exist. Hmm. And when he described it, it seemed so reasonable that other people couldn't believe it wasn't a real creature, so, not, so then they started doing wood carvings and saying it was a folklore creature. Right. And that's really what this reminded me of. They... Made a fake relationship that was so rational, I guess, to everyone around them that they could not believe that they were fooled by it. And so instead insisted that it was real.
1: And the thing is, Riverdale, I didn't need the fake relationship. All I need, I needed the fights, mm-hmm. the origin of love scene, mm-hmm. um, them being like, oh, shoot, no, it's not. I don't know what are we doing, and then yeah,
0: and 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 even it could have
1: been like three episodes. Well, and
0: even doing the and even the thing is like doing the fake relationship was good for the Jughead scene, yeah, because it gave it added more drama. I still think the entire Jughead storyline should have been done from the perspective of Jughead is alive. How are we going to keep him a secret from Donna? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, going into that, And,
1: you know, I did get the final. Um, the final vindication that finally, when they shot a scene through that <laughs> th- through that doorway in the music room, finally someone was actually watching them. <laughs>
0: actually watching them. Yep, yep. Um, I just want to bring this up a little bit about Jughead's death and that whole thing. Um, so I went through and I looked at all of the uh, the flash forward scenes. Right. Um. First of all, uh, everyone is literally covered in blood <laughs> when which, they do the flash forward, and which they're... is
1: unreasonable because. <laughs>
0: I wanted to see if they if they toned it back when they did it later. Um, they didn't. They're, these kids are just covered in so much blood. Do you
1: think that they were just really, really, really bad at carrying Jughead's body to the <laughs> it ambulance?
0: They dropped it a few times. I think Jughead. I think Archie touched the back of his head, then touched his neck, and then touched his face, and touched and then touched Veronica. How is it underneath his shirt?
1: Well, and like <laughs> if you keep in mind that the. Um, the beanie is supposed to have been what saved Jughead. Yeah. Shouldn't all the blood be in the beanie?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's very clear in retrospect that that was not the ending they planned. Because even, cause the, even the lines they say in that scene do match up with the lines they said last season. But they really had to force and make them awkward to make them fit in that scene. Um, I'm still trying to figure out where the scene that happened in, uh, like...
1: <sighs> the scene that we didn't like, get to well, see no, the police no, lineup it was, one. It was
0: two, not the police lineup one. The one where it flashes forward to Betty and Archie in the when when like when Archie and Betty are in popped together. Oh, we see
1: that one, and Cheryl overhears them. We see that in the episode. Okay, all
0: right. So I, so I was I was trying to look forward to try to find it. It's just to remind myself. Are so? Are they doing that? So Cheryl will overhear them?
1: It's unclear.
0: Because <laughs> the phrases Betty uses are in that scene. Are um, Jughead won't come back He won't ever come back I don't know how I'm supposed to keep going
1: It does seem That they are Putting on some minstrel shows In (laughs) hopes that Cheryl will act The way that Cheryl will act
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah
1: um, because what happens is they do that scene, and then Cheryl makes a memorial at Jughead's oh, locker. Oh, right, that's a and then Betty that. sees it and cries, and then they kiss in the music. Room. I
0: love how much of their plan is based around Cheryl being insane. I forgot we did a joke that was Aaron. That was episode that was that first came up episode eleven. It feels like it's so long ago. I know. Um, I do remember us doing jokes about how they were just going around doing scenes, hoping Cheryl would notice them. I want, to, I want to hear the part of the planning where, when they were like, all right, then we're going to do some stuff. We need Cheryl to notice us because we know she's terrible.
1: You know, we just need Cheryl to start stalking us. So we're just going to. And I imagine they were just wandering around Riverdale. Like, anytime they saw her being like, let's do a scene.
0: It, can I say it actually is weirdly out of character for Cheryl to immediately snitch on Betty and Archie without ever talking to Betty first. Because the close relationship she, she does have is Betty. She
1: is obsessed with her cousin. So it's weird that
0: she didn't like come to the, like, hey, cousin. So I just want to, I, I saw this thing. It's, it, it's so weird for her to suddenly. Here's
1: the thing that would make sense. Yeah. Cheryl is betrayed that her cousin has a secret that she doesn't know about.
0: <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I think we have one final thing we need to do. Um, Which is- Aaron fits <laughs> this, and it makes no sense, but I guess go for it.
1: So we're going to share our MVP moment. Our most, our val- most valuable <laughs> player, player moment. moment. <laughs> and this is just something that happened in the show. <laughs> most, most
0: valuable scene with a P.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just gave us the most joy somehow.
0: <laughs> it's it's not good. It's not bad. I picked one that I thought summed up Riverdale very well in its layers.
1: So mine is a Jughead's fake funeral. And it is the whole... Stonewall bit. So it is Betty doing her speech. No one picking up on what she's putting down, which I'm sure was very disappointing to her. Oh, the
0: literary students not getting her Sherlock Holmes I, I'm reference. Sure it was
1: very upsetting to Betty. <laughs> Donna screaming at a little girl that her brother is alive, and then shouting at Brett, "Go, Brett, do it now!" And he barrels. <laughs> Sweet Pea is in that episode only so he can catch Brett because he is the only person taller than Brett. And then Brett tries to get out of it by saying, she told me to do it. You all heard her.
0: I love, I love the idea. There's an image of them being outside that door. And Donna knocks and goes, by the way, Brett, when I give you the cue, you, ru- you rush the casket. We're all agreed, right? That's the plan. You ru- yeah, you rush that casket. <laughs> you're You're a football <laughs> quiz player, man. Do it. Go,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no. That is that is a pretty that's a pretty wild.
1: <laughs> it's a quintis- quintessential Riverdale scene, a quintessential CW moment. Very little logic, <laughs> so much drama.
0: I would say the um also the. The reveal of the, actually the club, essentially they have to commit the perfect murder, it makes sense because none of them are actually studying liter- literature. No,
1: no one's reading books; they're just planning to do a murder. Figuring out how to
0: murder things. Which and
1: is- you know what? Maybe if they read some books, they would be better at murder. Do
0: what I would have loved if when Art was if if when uh, was like, actually, your plan is you guys had to commit the perfect murder. He's like, because all these references were made and none of you got them. <laughs> None of you, like, like, so I know
1: you've not been doing the reading (laughs) throughout
0: the entire season. Jughead just drops very subtle references to classic, like, like books like Moby Dick.
1: I mean, they do, Frankenstein. Dis- they do discuss Moby Dick and the other members are just like, do we have to read books by white men? It's <laughs> yes, true. And Jughead's like, let me discuss some meaning in this text. Man,
0: I kind of want to go back and just watch those scenes with the with the, with the the idea that they're all just like, no, we got to murder this guy. How are we going to do it?
1: Why does he keep talking about things that we don't understand? Because they
0: knew originally they we were going to have to murder Moose until Moose left. Because Chipping, Chipping scared him away. Because Chipping scared him away. Uh, really, that's, that entire thing should have really ended with... I guess they do... Do they say goodbye to Chipping? This should have been some sort of Chipping memorial after there it was all done. There should
1: have been a memorial, Jughead.
0: Yeah, because Chipping got his name tarred and feathered.
1: And Chipping tried to stop the vicious circle. Yeah,
0: Chipping's a hero. Give us a memorial, Jughead. <laughs>
1: Come on!
0: Also, I'm also a little bit uh, upset that Donna is sort of allowed to sort of, like, get, like, get off pretty much scot-free. In like fact, she she killed she killed someone
1: yeah the only thing that she doesn't have her book contract which she got a Baxter's brother book contract and she was going to write a Tracy True book so yeah she wasn't even doing it right anyway but like
0: she was the one who killed Jonathan yeah (laughs) like like let us
1: not forget (laughs) Jonathan is dead yeah
0: Brett don't get me wrong Brett's a real creep but Donna killed Jonathan (laughs) And she was just sort of to be like, ah, oh, you get out there. Oh, moving on. Oh, who cares? She gets away with it. Really, she she came out pretty much net neutral, so good for her. Maybe a little bit positive. Yeah. Yeah, she got some revenge.
1: So, Kevin, what's your MVS with a P?
0: No. <laughs> Most
1: valuable scene with a P.
0: There you go. That's a little bit better. What you said might have been sexual. Um, my MVP is something from early on. Do you remember, Aaron? Way, way back during... Uh, the whole trial thing and, and Veronica not wanting to be in the limelight that there was a man, a boy, if you will, or a guy from, I think, com Who
1: takes a picture of her in the change room? The
0: camera guy. Now, the reason I chose him is because he needed a photo of Veronica. So his decision was to do a sexual assault.
1: He decided to go into the locker room and take a film photo for a digital website. Also,
0: yes, the other layer, he uses a film camera, even though in this show, you see people taking photos with their with their smartphone. And he
1: says it's going to a website. It's going to like riversnail.com. It's going, it's
0: going to a
1: .com. Oh my God.
0: It, it's just, it shows, it's just, I feel like it's so quintessential that... He, none of the things he did in that scene, he had to do. He didn't have to do it in a change room. He didn't have to do it with, with an old anachronistic film camera. He didn't have to do it at all. Are you, you mean, there's no photos of Veronica Lodge? No,
1: fo- <laughs> I mean, just go on her Instagram.
0: Like, clearly they wanted, they wanted a... I guess, I guess this they wanted a candid photo of her. But, but if you come up and be like, Hey took a photo of a 17-year-old in her, in
1: her Look, back. she's wearing a bra.
0: <laughs> Just being like, okay, one, definitely illegal. Uh, two, you handed me a, a photo. i <coughs> am supposed to
1: put this on my website?
0: You did me have to scan this?
1: That's going to really reduce the quality, <laughs> <That's> sir. ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Why would you do this?
1: <laughs> oh. It's,
0: oh. I...
1: It is very quintessential Riverdale. Yeah. Like how every single character still has a VCR. Why not? Why not?
0: And I'm I'm fine with that. I'm not fine with their weird, weird implication that it is – that <laughs> that a film nut would definitely do it on a VCR. Because
1: <laughs> VHS, the real tip-top of film production quality. You,
0: you know what – Um <laughs> You know, a camera, you know what uh, film people really like? They love um, uh, a medium of holding video that fails when a fridge magnet gets too close to it. That's what they love.
1: You know, I'm sure it's just like that's so the. that eventually one day we can have a scene of someone ripping the tape out of a VHS tape.
0: They could have done a reel of film. The fact they go into a building and there's a projector set up and they go like, oh my god, it's a projector. Oh, hey, a VCR. Let's watch this. <laughs> Let's watch this instead. <laughs> It'd be like if they walked into a creepy room and there was the projector set up. And then they looked over and it was just a home theater system with Blu-ray. And they're like, there we go.
1: Charles just thinks that they're too dumb to know how to use a projector. So he gives them the VCR. Because <laughs> Charles is the bad guy, right? Like, it's Charles has to, the to be the bad guy. guy.
0: I mean, I would have also loved if um, <laughs> if everyone was getting like, um, like uh, read-write DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> or, and when they when they go to that creepy um that creepy building, they just see one of those like old Costco rolls, <laughs> just like half with <laughs> half the stack on,
1: and it's just written on in Sharpie. And they're like,
0: yeah, he's definitely here. He's been using these. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, that's a real throwback.
0: Uh yeah. oh, well, that is that's that's season four. We went through it. We talked about it. That's.
1: It was fun. Was it fun for you guys?
0: Now we have to look forward to uh to season five.
1: Which will come sometime.
0: Sometime. They mention in it there's gonna be a time skip. Oh. They I I mean
1: I mean there has to be. Like
0: Yeah. Um I imagine it might be that there's three <laughs> episodes and then a time skip.
1: And I'm gonna Guess that the time skip's is going to be five years. So they line up with Katie Keane because there's no – that would be foolish to do a time <laughs> skip and not line it up.
0: Oh, God. Please do a time – a four-year time skip. <laughs> so Katie Keene's one year ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Yeah, I imagine was they're, they're going to skip and they're all going to come back after college. The thing is that – the thing of the things are going to have to resolve by then. Like they can't just leave the VCR thing hanging. No, which that means- has to
1: be resolved, which means we need to know what's going on with Charles – which means that all of our characters who are couples are going to have to come to some sort of
0: some sort of weird agreement
1: about what's going to happen while they're away.
0: Yeah. Like the the question I have is are they just going to which I think would be foolish, are they just going to pause Everything for four years? Like, all right, we pick back up in four years. Like... Is, what's wrong? relationship with her father when she leaves? Doesn't matter? It doesn't, really.
1: Is Hiram really sick? I guess we'll find out in five years.
0: He's in the next season.
1: <laughs> what is happening with um FP and Hermione? Because they had still planned to resolve those two characters' arcs what, what in I, the next three episodes. What I
0: imagine... I mean, I don't know. I, ho- I hope that the the way the contract was, they still get those three episodes out of them. Because clearly... That will do, because I imagine essentially it'll be that forty years later, just FP isn't there anymore, and Hermione's gone on somewhere else, like like finally actually left Hiram.
1: I mean, I I would yeah, I would assume that they're going to give them good endings.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: FP, (laughs) if FP doesn't get a good ending,
0: FP better get her. I guess Hermione could be killed by Hiram, but man, that means Veronica, your dad is bad.
1: But is my dad bad? Was my mom doing something that made him do this? I mean, this? she's
0: also bad, Veronica. You're all bad,
1: including you.
0: <laughs> I actually would be fine if you were fine with your dad's crime yeah, more I mean, than you. At your, this point, more than your weird moral grandstanding. I'm like, oh, I hated my dad. Then he got shot, so I did all his work. Like, listen, she... I just, I'm, I always flash back to season one of her learning that her father embezzled money from the people of Riverdale, and she gets so upset that she tears off her pearls. And but- now, and now her baseline is, I'm glad you don't murder people. Like, <laughs> her- Veronica
1: is always the most upset when the things that her father does directly impact her. Yeah. So she was friends with Ethel, and then Ethel was sad, and that directly <laughs> impacted her.
0: God, she's so bad. <sighs>
1: I mean, you're right. They're going to skip over college, and then there's going to be some sort of new mystery in Riverdale. Dogging. Maybe the death of Hermione. Yeah. That's going to draw all of them back to do some investigation and get stuck in this cesspool of nonsense. Yeah.
0: I mean, what? because it's probably through the year, I'm actually fine with... Um, here's the thing. Because it's not a season and it's probably through year, I'm fine with this VCR thing not getting resolved. Getting, like, a cliffhanger... But that only work if it's really not Charles. Like, it has to unabashedly prove it is not Charles. And then they come back because another VHS tape arrived. Oh, that's true. That and they're all work. like, well, now we have to return. But this. then we
1: have to know without a doubt that it wasn't Charles. And Charles was really only bugging people because he wanted to get to know his family better. He's been <laughs> so lonely. I'm fine
0: with Charles being a creep, like, yeah. bugging his family because he apparently doesn't know how to deal with people. But, man. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. Uh we're yeah. gonna
1: we could talk about Riverdale forever, but we won't.
0: And I talk about it repeatedly forever, every time anyone brings it up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think people have learned like not like unless they wanna talk about Riverdale, they do not bring it up in front of us.
0: Yeah, there's just no good way to talk about it. <sighs> Alright, well, we're going to uh head off. So if you like this, if you liked our retrospective, if you are excited for uh season five, if you're excited for the OC, which we'll be going back to.
1: Yeah, give us, boy. <laughs> give us give us, tell of that. Give us a rating, review, subscription on Apple Podcasts or your podcaster of choice. But most importantly, tell us on social media. It's Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, on Instagram, on Twitter, and at gmail.com.
0: And we will see you next week for The O.C. Season 4.
1: The final one.